So yeah, firstly, I agree with what you said, Dale, a couple of um, moments ago, that the Steam looks just blank without any proper sales on. Yeah, it's just... I mean, just look it's at barren, it. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting to, to look at this, though, I think, because um, there was the Christmas sale recently, and everyone was whinging that... You know, the the sales aren't actually that good. Or when all the discounts were there, no one was buying anything. I don't know. Did anyone else get anything great in the sale? Because I bought well a couple of things. I mean, they they were fine. I got like Beat Hazard, and that's quite fun. Um, yeah. But I mean, did you pick up anything huge? Um. Go on, Dale. You go first. Serious Sam, I picked that up. The new one. Uh, it's excellent. But that's it. Got it at half price, and that's the only game I bought. Was that really the only game you bought? The only game. I bought um, my first ever Assassin's Creed game. We yeah, don't have time to list all the games that you bought. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I, I did buy a lot for D22 Zone. But that, that's because they're like one pound fifty or whatever. Nice and nifty. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I, I for for myself. Oh, F1 2011. I did buy that as well. Um, but no, that Assassin's Creed game. I think it was um, Assassin's Creed Two. I think it's it's not Revelations. It's no Assassin's before. Creed Revelations is four. The fourth I, one. I've heard though that this one is the best one. So but you've not played any of them in the series, then? I haven't played any of them. <laughs> not one. I've so, played the uh, first, and I think I've got a couple of others sitting in my Steam account. But you know what? I kind of can't be asked actually after the, the first. first. One. Shocking. That yeah. sums up Steam. Is it really? Is it really that bad? Well, the first one is like, it's kind of rough around the edges. It's just very repetitive. Ideas in there, but it, yeah, it's really repetitive. Like, the second one onwards, try and break up the monotony of doing all this stuff. But then yeah. at the same time, I think they... Because I played the second one quite a lot, but it felt like I wasn't really doing anything. Like, there's a lot of filler. Um, what about you, Alex? What did you buy? I didn't buy a single thing in the sale. What? what? That, that is, is a... iron self-restraint. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Sounds like a man who was addicted to Skyrim. Over the yeah. Steam sales period. <laughs> Pretty much. Speaking of how, Skyrim, how many hours? Uh, hang on, let me just pull that up for you. Oh god. I'm I'm putting money down on over two over two hundred hours. One hundred and seventy. Come on, me. One hundred eleven. Oh. Yes. Wow. That but then I, I stopped. That 105 were within the first two weeks of it being launched. So oh my god. No, okay, but, but, but let week. me ask you something though. Have you completed the main quest yet? Yes. That's quite impressive. Because nice. I've poured like hundreds of hours into Bethesda games, like all of them throughout. I mean, Fallout series and the uh, the Elder Scrolls series. I've never once completed a main quest in any of them. I, that's not for want of, of trying or anything. I'm not like sort of specifically trying to avoid completing the main quests in these games. I just always find so something to else to do. Else. Yeah, I think that's why one of the main reasons, though, and this comes on to our first pointer, is why a lot of us who have bought Skyrim don't play it as much as when it first came out. Now. Personally, it's because when I join a Skyrim game now, when I go into my world, I have no idea where to start. I've just lost, lost everything, and that, and it and the same with my motivation really, just to what what the hell's going on? What what am I doing again? 
that sort of thing. Yeah, you've got a thousand quests in your journal and, you know, compass points everywhere and you're just sort of paralysed by choice, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's because of its last and appeal, um, but for me, it's the whole idea of you, you're really just lost. Like, I'm lost if I, if I go into Skyrim again. It's like I'd prefer to just start over again, start the story, but then I don't because I've already been through all of that stuff. So Also, you lose all your stuff. Your yeah, precious exactly. stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I what I did because there's there's so much choice of stuff you can do. What I I kind of make a story for myself and I kind of role play a little bit, and I made kind of like a hellbent pyromancer and uh, you know just literally destroying. I I burn everyone. Yeah. That's what I like to do. He does. I've seen him play. <laughs> nice. But I think it's important to have a goal and what you want to do. Like I always wanted to be a student at the academy, and so I thought, well, why not? I'll just go to Winterhold, see what's there, and you know, it turned out. Well, if anyone's done the quest, you know what happens. Well, I think the problem I have is I do the same. So I found the Dark Brotherhood straight away. I found oh, yeah. and I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then by the time the quest log came to an end, I was like, well, you know, that was my character. Like, I was a Dark Brotherhood member. I'm now a leader of the Dark Brotherhood. And now why am I going to go and be a level one member of the Thieves Guild? Like, it doesn't make sense. Sure. Yeah. The other problem, of course, is just consistency. I mean, I've I started off trying to kind of role-play a character, my sort of, like, elf hunter roaming the wilds kind of thing. Um, and a, a lot of that was stymied by the fact that I really wanted to join up with the, the kind of the, the nationalist um, Nord faction, and then you go to their stronghold and they're all like, hi, we hate elves, fuck off. But um, I found the real problem actually was, was then I kind of got sucked into the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood quests. Yeah. Even though I didn't really feel like that was what my character would do, but it was what my character was good at. And these quests turned up, and it's like, yeah, I kind of want the stuff you're offering, like the the armor with the sneak bonus and that kind of thing, and all that sort of trading and that kind of mission is what I'm spec towards. But I'm being a bastard. I'm like killing innocents and stealing stuff off people and intimidating them and like calling in debts. And I'm a horrible yeah. person now. When did that happen? Yeah, I think it sort of uncovers your true inner self almost. I think yeah, like that. for a game that relies so heavily on role playing and stuff, there's not a lot of meaningful choice in a lot of this stuff. Like in the Dark Brotherhood, you don't. There's optional things that you can do, but I mean, your mission is to assassinate someone. That's it. And then yeah, there's you never any. Have, there's yeah, never exactly. any attempt to sugarcoat it. It's never. Oh, like this guy's a bastard and needs to die because you know the world's better off without him. I preferred the um, Oblivion Dark Brotherhood quests, yeah, which well. gave you sort of the extra incentive to try and do it in a, a specific way. In yeah, a way, that's true. it's that kind was, of too similar. Cool. So for those that have done both, there, there comes a point in kind of both storylines where the Dark Brotherhood kind of implodes on itself. And like for me, it was too similar in Skyrim. Like mm. It felt it came at the exact same point, mission-wise. Hmm. Well, like, for me, I kind of lost track of... It's, uh, for me, I just lost track of where, what quests I was doing and what I was doing. Um, and I think that's probably down to me just being lazy and not reading exactly every part of the quest log or whatever. And, you know, I, I refer to Guild Wars in this case. Guild Wars was something that you could pick up by just watching the storyline. Um, like in the the various cutscenes, and it was pretty much very directed. 
um, which Skyrim really, you know, isn't as much. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I've lost interest in it. And, you know, I haven't gone back to it because I, I, I personally haven't found that there's enough direction in it. The, the difference, I guess, is that in Guild Wars, the, um, the plot line was very, it was um, kind of anchored to the geography. So as you moved on through the, the world and went through, went to higher level areas and that kind of thing, then the, the storyline was kind of following you around. So you'd always be coming back to the storyline and always be progressing in it, no matter how many pointless side sort of fetch quests you went off and did. Whereas in Skyrim, you could kind of be anywhere, be any level, and you could be doing a fetch quest where you're going to go get some wizard's soul gem that she's left somewhere, and also trying to kill the rise of the infinite ancient dragons or whatever. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it really suffers from, from pacing and a kind of a sense of place as well, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think by giving you the option to kind of do everything, it... I'm I'm much the same as Jason in that I'll load it up, look at my quest log and think, okay, well, I've been told that dragons are destroying the world, so that's a pressing matter. But then I could go not do that for 200 hours and then, like, I've, there's no urgency to the game, so as such, uh, I don't feel any pressure to do anything. I know exactly what you mean. Exactly, but that's why, that's why I'm Baldur's Gate 2 got it so right with that, where if there was a quest and people would leave you to go do what they want to do. So your party members were kind of dynamic in that way, and they, they were really alive. And like, like you said, like dragons would destroy the world, because it's going to happen. But in this, you can just leave it, and it doesn't matter. But, I don't know. I guess it's the freedom to do what you want in the game. It's kind of, it brings me back to uh, Batman Arkham, Arkham City, which I've been playing this week. going to try and type a review and get it onto the site. Good. Soonish. Um... Uh, and and it is good. Um, I enjoy Arkham City. It has the same uh, issue, but on a kind of a lesser scale, where the main storyline has this sense of incredible urgency, like you know, sort of the the ticking clock is going on in the background, and, and you, without you wanting the, to to wave spoilers around you, too you much. You've got a person shouting out a certain time left in yes, the background, but it doesn't actually sort of count down until you do story missions, and so you've got the urgency without actually needing to do the story. Precisely. The, the, the main story, the, the main plotline should have some urgency. It's all artificial, though, and you've got all of these kind of Riddler trophies and like people getting beat up on the streets and oh, millions of other side quests distracting you at the same time. And I don't know, Arkham City like, it carries that off a bit better, I think, than Skyrim does, perhaps because it's just a bit more contained, perhaps because... I mean, in Arc City, the, the, the major storyline is definitely the major storyline. There's no equivalent of, like, the Dark Brotherhood. You can go off and pursue this whole other quest structure uh, that's going to distract you because it's more interesting or something. Uh, the side quests are very much sort of bit part kind of things. Out of curiosity, this sounds like a stupid question, but, like, because you mentioned that the story in Arkham City is a lot more directed. I can't remember what the main story of Oblivion, of Skyrim is, sorry. I remember at the start, you're about to be beheaded and a dragon attacks. And the next thing I knew, I was 20 hours into the game, and I didn't know what I was doing. In Skyrim, that dragon that attacked you essentially set you free. The storyline is to try and kill him. Oh. Okay. That doesn't seem like a very grateful thing no. to do. 
Well, I, did I mean, the it's, it's very, not very grateful, but it's kill him or let him devour the souls of everything in the world. Tough choice. Tough choice. Wow. Okay, I've got to be a bit of a Davil Dimbleby here and uh, move on to our second point. Here's the host nice. of question time. Nice, relevant. Just, just to let you guys know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our next point is uh, Dark Souls and recently... Bandai Namco um, put a forum post, one of their employees put a forum post up saying that it may be possible to um, move Dark Souls onto the PC platform. Um, now, let's say that they do do that. What would you guys want changing in Dark Souls for the PC that the console version has failed on? Max, go. Um... I think there's very little that you could change without changing the game fundamentally. The only thing I think that would benefit... Well, it's a thing that like all PC versions of games benefit from is being on better spec hardware. Yeah. So like all the instances in Dark Souls where you're looking at a low, like a low frame rate, like Blighttown, would, like, would all of a sudden be running at 60 FPS. Well, that that is one of the the main issues, isn't it? Really, they, they call it ten, ten FPS town, don't they? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I've pointed up on, and it certainly affects me, is that the multiplayer use of it. Um, you know, Dark Souls, like me and Dell, sometimes have trouble connecting. And I don't so think, do me I'm not sure that will be affected at all by the PC version. To me, that seems more like a design choice. Because to be honest, I think if you could find friends instantly to do it. It would be so much easier. It makes it too easy, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's what I like about Dark Souls. I like ball-busting difficulty. That's what I come to it. Because, I mean, just look at the cover we did yesterday. Like, ah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Like, my character is, I'm looking at it now, three hours old. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, it's like, and it's got pro gear. It's like, it's level 26 after three hours. Like, we've yeah. beaten two bosses. Like well, got... that, that's definitely another thing that we can highlight on is that in co-op and multiplayer mode they have to up the level of the bosses to make it more challenging or, or give you the choice to do that well you again agree? like Max said that's a design thing but I, I, I wholeheartedly agree though sure and what about um, Ben and Alex have you guys played Dark Souls yet or I can't say I have I've actually not played Dark Souls. I didn't play the predecessor either. I don't actually own a PS3, in confession time. Um, but I'm kind of curious, because I hear a lot about the, the sort of the multiplayer kind of aspects coming in. Is this something which depends really heavily on the whole sort of PSN, Xbox Live kind of network? Are they going to have to program their own in-house version of that? Not necessarily. To, as far as I'm aware, it? like, it's all kind of server-side. So basically, if you... Like, there's a lot of, like kind of hold-ups that would stop people doing like the multiplayer, like there's loads of stipulations that you have to meet, and loads of requirements. But basically, you drop a soul sign on the floor, like you get an item which means that allows you to do co-op. So you drop your item on the floor and other players can see that sign on the floor and they can summon you to their world, is basically how it works. But then obviously you have to be within a specific level range of one another, then there's like the bosses to factor in. Like if you've killed a boss, you can no longer summon people to that particular like level. It works another way as well. As well as helping people, you can um, be a bit of a git and you can invade other people's worlds. Right, so there's a potential trick to get a bit griefy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
But that, that's the fun of it. I mean, you can lay messages down on the floor, which can either help people or just be a bit of an idiot. I mean, yeah, like, like, like there could be a dead end, for example, like a cliff face, like a sheer cliff drop. And there could be a sign at the top saying, treasure ahead, try jumping. <laughs> there and might like, be. The thing is, in the predecessor, at least, in Demon Souls, I relied a lot more on the signs on the floor because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So if there was a sign on the floor that said, turn left, I was turning left. But in this, because I play Demon Souls, obviously, I've got a lot more of an idea of what to do by myself. So if they could find a way of like reintroducing like that kind of thing, like only high-ranking messages get left and that kind of thing, because some of them are stupid. But and yeah. as Dale says, Praise some people sun. will. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> okay. Um, on the last point and topic, I don't know if anyone else wants to uh, bring anything else up, but Guild Wars Two is obviously going to be, if it is released this year, which I hope. It is. Have they actually given a kind of a firm release date on that, or are they still saying, ah, oh, like when it's done? I think yeah. it's the tenth of when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I guess everyone's looking forward to it. <laughs> but the main question yeah. is, no. Um. What character are you going to go? Guardian, shotgun. See you there. Oh, so shotgun. I called it before you. Man. I was born well, interestingly, you. I played the Warrior at um, Gamescom, and I thought, oh yeah, definitely going this, definitely going this, and you know, I hated it. Absolutely hated it. it it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, I, I was watching. Um, I was watching a video today. I posted it. None of you guys were around actually. It was a. It was a half-hour video of the Char starting area, and I'm still not sold on a lot of Guild Wars 2 actually. So, so like, as someone who played a lot of the first one, one of my favourite things is Glove will know is when you're in a group, like a tightly knit group, like you've got your tactics down to a T, and it's about positioning, it's about timing skills, it's about skill usage, it's about all of this. I haven't seen that in Guild Wars 2 yet, and it worries me. Like, there's a lot of, like, huge groups of mobs, like, all like, loads of auto-attacking. Like, yeah. It looks like a row, a WoW raid at the moment. But are you seeing, like, a low-level area, or are you seeing a high-level area? Because well, if memory serves, those, a lot like... of the tactics in Guild Wars really didn't show until you got to the really high-level PvE well, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, like, it's a concern, but, and, like, one that they can't really quell until they show that kind of stuff. But the problem I have specifically is because they've talked about getting rid of kind of like the tent poles of the MMO industry with like tanks, healers and support being like that, you know, holy trinity that they've decided to get rid of. It makes it seem to me like parties will be directionless. Like if everyone can heal and everyone can tank in equal measure, which is what they've said, then it seems like there will be no reason to be specific classes if everyone can do everything. I mean, obviously it won't be. Like, I think people will still work out what the best tank is and what the yeah. best healing class is. Also, what? I think what they mean what is is not that everyone can do everything. It's more that if you're in a group and you're playing of an evening, then you can, and, you know, you've got, I don't know, three monks turn up or something, then you can still go and have fun. Sorry, you don't have monks in Guild Wars 2. But, if, for instance, you can still go and have fun and actually play a, a, a PvE game by building two of them into, like, a tank and a, a DPS, rather than just be stuck and be sat there waiting in a lobby like, you know, LFG. Yeah, that was obviously one of the worst things about MMOs. Like... I think for me, 
Sorry to sorry to butt in, but no, that's right. Um, for me, uh, the thing I love about Guild Wars is that they add they've added new content in. So they've added what three, yeah, three expansions and a, 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 just a load of content. Um, but the, the main reason is what I enjoy about it is that they've kept it simple. Um, you know, it's it it hasn't got any more complicated. You know, when the Norn Azura and uh, Charis came out in either north. Sure, that was an upstep in sort of being able to like read quests and actually take the story in, but it still kept its simplicity there. You had three areas, you had your main quest log, you had the choice if you wanted to do other quests. It and you know, the quest logs weren't complicated at all. You could just read them, oh yeah, done, yeah, sure. It was it was more of a relaxation thing for me, Guild Wars. Apart from like uh, Underworld. That was pretty stressful. Oh man, the days in Underworld. No, I agree. I think the appeal of Guild Wars to me is its simplicity. So, like, much the same reason when we were talking about Skyrim, like, because there's so many things that you can do, I end up not doing anything. But on something like WoW, it's similar. So, if I'm in a zone on WoW, I think, well, I could just grind on some quests and not really do anything. But with Guild Wars, because it's a bit more directed, you think, well, I can do a mission. I can do a quest if I want. I can go here and get a specific skill for my build. And because build are only eight skills, it's a much more important activity. That's right. Getting yeah. Skills for that bar. Yeah, that's perfect. I love doing that. And I remember at a point where we was getting to that was knowing the skills off by heart. We was um, you know getting to the idea of actually creating our own skill set. Obviously, we didn't do it, but we got to that point in the game. And uh, that that shows that you're pretty immersed in it, you know, creating your own skill sets and such. That um, kind of well, that like build your skills from a deck mechanic was easily Guild Wars's greatest contribution it's to the creative. to the RPG sort of MMO genre. I think, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, then uh, I don't know if anyone else has anything to say or uh, discuss. I think we're good. I think on our next podcast, uh, if anyone wants to put any uh, comments in the YouTube section below, by all means do that and we'll uh, have a chat about them in the next one. So, Fair enough. Rounded up there. That's right, yeah. Enjoy. Signing off. <laughs> what are you all going to go play now? <laughs> I wonder. Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls. Bye.